Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Menashe. Prices in real estate are not determined by the broad market. Instead, they're often set by transactions at the margins of the market, by a tiny percentage of properties that actually transact, and not the majority of the market that is just staying put. On today's show, I'm going to go out on a limb to predict that we've experienced several bellwether events that are signaling to the market the contagion of financial distress. Back in 2008, the failure of Bear Stern sent shockwaves through financial markets. These were treated as an isolated incident until the failure of Lehman Brothers a few months later. Lehman Brothers, by itself, did not cause the financial crisis. It was merely indicative of the tentacles of counterparty risk and of contagion that was just hovering beneath the surface. In 2022, there were a total of 20 office buildings that transacted in the New York City market for a total value of $4.9 billion. These are the transactions that largely set the expectations in the market. The average sale price last year was $816 per square foot. That's down 18% compared with 2021. I also need to point out that this price is far below replacement cost at today's construction prices. When you consider that the city has a total of 451 million square feet of office space, we're talking about the value of $451 million of real estate being determined by the sale of 6 million square feet out of the total. The transactions representing 1.3% of the market are determining the value of the remaining 98.7% of the market. Now, I believe the bankruptcy of WeWork this past week is one such event. It's not as catastrophic or cataclysmic as the failure of Lehman Brothers. WeWork itself is not large enough to take down the entire commercial real estate market. However, it will serve as a catalyst for a large volume of distressed transactions within a short time period. Back in 2019, WeWork had nearly 90 properties in the New York area, and just prior to the bankruptcy, the number of buildings had been reduced to 47. As part of the bankruptcy announcement, WeWork is consolidating into just seven locations in the New York area. Immediately following the bankruptcy announcement, we also saw three building owners linked to WeWork give warnings of potential bankruptcy as well. As part of the bankruptcy settlement of WeWork, we're going to see 40 buildings immediately facing financial distress. The market had a pretty good idea that there would be some distress coming in this area. However, there's a big difference between anticipating distress and seeing the effects of it in the rearview mirror. We're starting to see office buildings trading at 30 cents on the dollar. In recent weeks, we've seen a major shopping center trade for 10 cents on the dollar. In the weeks leading up to the WeWork announcement, we had PIMCO default on the bonds for 20 hotels. And earlier this year, PIMCO defaulted on a portfolio of office buildings with $1.7 billion in debt, but they continued to negotiate with lenders as to the best path forward to maximize recovery. Now, when we look at the industry as a whole, we did not have that many commercial mortgage-backed securities maturing in 2023. But in 2024, this coming year, shaping up to be a year in which there's going to be a significant amount of debt that will need to reprice into a much higher interest rate. 2025 represents an even steeper maturity wall that the industry is going to need to climb over. Some of the largest brand names have also strategically defaulted on debt. Brookfield Asset Management and Blackstone both defaulted on commercial loans in the past year. The Brookfield default in Los Angeles in February was on $784 million in loans, even though they had the cash in the bank account. A couple of months later, they defaulted on $161 million in loans in buildings in the Washington, D.C. area. The lenders are not long-term owners and operators of office buildings. These buildings will ultimately transact into the hands of a new buyer once the lender looks to dispose of them. As long as the properties don't change hands, everyone is still left in suspense 
wondering what will happen to valuations. But when these deals finally do transact, when the market has no choice but to use the most recent comparable sales as the benchmark for valuation, even though these buildings only represent a tiny percentage of the buildings in the market, they often set the standard for how prices are set going forward. If we continue to zero in on the New York City market for a moment, you'll see that this year there was an addition of 6.5 million square feet to the market. That's on top of the 6.9 million square feet added to the market in 2022. 2.1 million square feet are concentrated in a single project called 2 Manhattan West. It's the single largest office building in New York, and it's located on the west side, one block from Penn Station and two blocks from Madison Square Garden. It's a great location, especially for those who commute into the city from New Jersey or Philadelphia. The easy subway connection makes it also great for connectivity to other parts of the city. But still, I have to think about the already high vacancy rate in the city, the rent that Brookfield, who built the project, will need to get, and the impact of rising interest rates. This project was launched back in 2014, and it consists of a total of seven buildings. It forms part of the Hudson Yards project. The entire complex comprises more than 7 million square feet. These projects take a long time to bring to occupancy, to bring to fruition. By the time they're built, the market conditions can change dramatically. The actual financial performance will bear very little resemblance to the original financial model. Some areas in Harlem are experiencing vacancy rates above 40% right now, and despite this, a brand new project on 125th Street in Harlem with over 300,000 square feet was added to the supply this year. If you've been listening to this show for a while, you know that I'm a huge believer in the laws of supply and demand. If you're going to be adding supply, you want to see that going into an atmosphere of rising demand, not falling demand. And remember the value of your property is often being set by a handful of transactions at the margins. As you think about that, have an awesome rest of your day. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.